Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin McGovern from Perfect Motion Sports Therapy, and it is time for a new game show podcast. If you're looking for the match game, the dating game, the Wheel of Fortune, or Jeopardy in the wrong spot, as you know, game is an acronym for my functional movement exam, creative active movement exam, so we figure we name the podcast after it. Today we have a very intimate show. We're a one-camera one show here today, and uh, I have a very special guest, a very close friend of mine. Uh, He's now the new proud owner of the Diamond Revolution, which we'll get into. But uh, Mike Frary is here. Mike, say hi. Hello, everybody. You may notice the two of us together because we also do another podcast called the Prove It Live podcast, uh, which we talk about baseball and sports. Um, game show, we talk a lot of uh, what is pertinent to really the physical therapy realm. And um, you're probably wondering why Mike is on here today as a baseball instructor. Well, um, as you know, I have I treat a lot of uh, baseball-related uh, athletes and pitchers in my Velocity RX program. Um, but Mike and I are both trying to prevent injuries. So I brought Mike on to really talk about pitching today and really one specific um, – I'm going to ask him. I'm going to put him on the spot. One specific move that I think is the cause for all of these injuries. So without further ado, I want to introduce Mike. Thanks for thanks for uh, coming on this impromptu podcast today. Absolutely. It's being a guest. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your history, and how we know each other and what we're doing here. Sure. So that's a lot to sort of squeeze in. But, um, <laughs> so known you, Kevin, for got to be close to 30 years now, which is crazy. Yes, it is. Um, Former teammates, yes, and uh, championship teammates. Championship teammates. When I first met Kevin. You were you were in the, still in school for yeah. physical therapy, yeah. And um, you know, being involved in baseball since obviously we were both little kids. Pretty much around that time, maybe a few years after that, probably my early twenties, started into baseball instruction and, and coaching. Uh, I've had uh, uh, still currently have a. Uh, on the surface, looks like an AU program. I, I, I really hate that stigma, but that's what it looks like because we do have teams where we play baseball games. But the emphasis is on the training. Um, it's called the Minuteman Baseball, um, and now we're into Diamond Revolution. Um, and uh, it's really just a training model. The idea that the kids aren't really just joining our team; we're joining theirs, and that's sort of the difference. Is that you know that's how how I see it. Is that you know me and my staff we're joining the team of that player to make sure they achieve their goals. You know, whether it be varsity high school or college, usually it's college, right? Um, we've uh, just had it recently in May, our 80th college commit. Wow. Um, so we've only been doing this for 11, 12 years. That's really what it comes out of, getting someone to play at the next level. That's really what it is, yeah. It is. I mean, there's only so many ever. Oh, are you pros? You were, I mean, I'm, you have to be born with that, right? I mean, yeah, there's so many, there's you so know, many I mean, things yeah. to get you to that level. You know what I mean? It's a big leagues. I mean, so many things have to go right. Um, you know, you have to have good luck. You have to have, you know, and I mean, you know, staying healthy and being seen by the right, right people. So we can't promise that, obviously. But, if, but, you know, I look at if we get a kid that's 13 years or younger, I can almost promise them that we're going to get them into college at some level, you know, Division three, whatever. That's what it's about, right? Getting yeah. kids to play at the next level. You can level. learn to be good at this sport. That's what I learned really early on. And, and so, you know, it's why you have Jose Altuve, who's like, Five seven. He's really shorter than that, even right. Is an MVP, and then you have a guy like CC Sabathia, who's six eleven, six ten, mm -hmm. and he's an MVP, and uh, everything in between. So you can learn how to be good at the sport, and that's really, I think, the, the separating marker. Because lots of 
programs and teams can recruit kids mm -hmm. that are already really good and going somewhere. We take kids that are the seven hitter on their little league team in our town team and make them, you know, number two hitters on the varsity high schools. You've got a great quote. Let me see if I can set it up. When someone calls and they'll ask, well, where did where did so and so play? The instructor. Right? Yeah. Where the instructor? What what is your response to that? Which is this is yeah, this so this is, is key. This is actually a, so a true story. So before I had you know my own program, uh, I you know worked at several other facilities and programs, and I get calls. And I was the GM of this one place, and uh, we had a pitching instructor there who we both know. Um, and uh, you know, someone would call up and look for a lesson, and so I booked them with the open person and this this instructor. Uh, in particular, was the one I was setting this customer up with. I said I can get you in on Saturday, and, you know, whatever. Just uh, this isn't real. I don't remember the real time, but Saturday at eleven o'clock, and he's with blank. And they go, oh, okay, that's great. Can you tell me where you know, a little bit about blank where he played? And I said, well, I can tell you all about him, um, but you're asking the wrong question. The question you should be asking is where are his students playing? Right? Where are his there it is. And that's the important part. That is the absolutely important part. As you know, this has been lots of really good players who they, they just they're not great coaches or instructors. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, Mike, um, I want to get into this epidemic. I know the, with COVID, the word epidemic, pandemic has been beaten into the ground. But you know, we did uh, prove a live show about a year or so ago, and we actually quantified. There was a website that actually quantified how many arm injuries there were. Mm. And without going into specific detail, there were more in one particular year. I don't know if it's 20, 21, 20, yeah, something like yeah. that. There were double the amount of pitching injuries compared to football injuries in the NFL. That means there was twice as many pitchers on the disabled list as there were NFL players in, it, in a sport where they're trying to kill you. High impact. Yes. So um, on the spot, I'm going to, you know, we, we both teach. Uh, pitching, you 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 um, have taken a lot of of what I do into your instruction, um, but there is a, a concept, uh, a phrase that people are using that I think is the number one cause of all shoulder and arm injuries, and that is something that I don't know if it started in golf, um, but certainly you will see golfers finish their swing with their lower body. And their hands are still here, yeah. which is great. That's called the word. The word is hip to shoulder separation. That's great. HTSS. If <laughs> but but the club is eventually doing the work. The club is taking the torque. The club is bending. The club is taking all the stress. It's designed to do. Correct. Same with the baseball bat, right? But now we have this hip to shoulder separation where we're finished with our lower body as much as you can, and our arm is lagging behind. I think it doesn't take a genius to to see that that's a problem for me. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a big problem. And you Now, know, you know that people are going to, you know, yeah. go down like we're like we're snake oil salesmen or we're crazy. I mean, I'm just looking at my it's own two eyes. Like, oh my god, right? it's actually the other way around. It's actually the other <laughs> way around. And you know, and it, look, it's easy to go with the grain, right? It's easy to 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 say the popular thing, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, you know, typically not challenged much on it. But the truth is, 
um, you know, you don't want to isolate, as you know. I mean, all this stuff I learned from you, but the body is designed to move a specific way. It's in sequence. And um, when you when you break the chain of that sequence, you isolate something else. So if I turn my hips all the way and I intentionally leave my upper body back, now the upper body has to start again. And let me get, is that what's being actually instructed word for word? What are these, what have, yeah. in, in the issue, what have you heard? Like I, I, I see that and I turn the page. I, I try not to yep. comment on so what in God's name are you doing? But, like so, what what's the actual instruct? What are they telling players to do? So, of course, this isn't everybody that teaches this, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, so, but I but I have seen it taught where it's intention where they are intentionally trying to turn the hips, leave the upper body back, and then have the upper body go. They're really creating as much separation between your back hip as a pitcher and your back shoulder as much. In fact, you know, there was a video. It was like a little. It was like a reel. A few years ago, of Dak Prescott going down the football field, doing a little shimmy, and 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 that blew it up even more because see, Dak Prescott's doing it, football quarterbacks doing it. You know, now no one even knows why he was doing that. I would argue that he was really just doing it to make sure that he was practicing moving his hips first, right? And so getting the proper sequence. But the way I, I see it is that you don't want anything lagging back any longer than it's physiologically supposed to, right? So because when you throw quarterback, pitcher, it doesn't matter, uh, the tennis player, there is going to be a lag between your mm-hmm. hip and your shoulder if you're turning in the proper sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you shouldn't be trying to create more distance between those two things unnaturally. So not, not getting back to this a good segue, uh, Zach, Zach Prescott, Zach, um, you know, I remember that video, right? But here's what everyone knows. When the ball is thrown short and it's intercepted. Right. Every color guy in the NFL will say he threw that off his back foot, right? So every quarterback in the world comes through and walks and moves that back leg forward. So what he was doing, he's not he was definitely not practicing throwing because right. he brings his back leg forward, right? Because if you throw off your back foot, the ball is going to be short. But now with this hip-to-shoulder separation, they're actually telling you to anchor or in some cases drag your back foot, which is to me is inhibiting natural rotation of the spine. Correct? I mean, absolutely. So in football, which is a heavier ball, okay, your front leg is coming, your back leg is coming forward. But now in baseball, they're anchoring that. So you have that strike against you. You have your arm way behind you. Like, Mike, where, what's the history of this nonsense? Like, do you know where this is? Is there some yeah, inventor of hip to shoulder separation? I don't know who the first person that really started beating that drum. Okay. Uh, and obviously, whoever it was, we might not never know because uh, the first person we're going to see is the one with a bunch of followers. So mm-hmm. he could have, you know, who knows who, who came first. But I can tell you this that I know it's from people studying videos, right, slow motion analysis, video analysis of the greatest, hardest throwers, I should mm-hmm. say, you know, uh, in baseball history. Um, and they would, they would they would, look at it and try to imagine, say, oh my god, look at, look at Nolan, his hips are turning his shoulders way back here. If you have incredibly fast hips, okay, which all of the great pitchers, hard mm-hmm. throwers, and all of the, 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 the hardest hitters have, 
you're going to see more hip to shoulder separation because it's going to take more time for it to turn. But that's their body working naturally. Mm -hmm. To try to mimic that doesn't mean, even if you were to be able to create the same separation with your hip and your shoulder, mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden throw 105 miles an hour like going around. No. But that's where it started. It was like just looking at just like that. looking at pictures. And again, like you can't tell things from a, a see you know, from a video or a still picture, but kinetic chain wise, as we all know, we have to move proximal to distal. Right. So as we turn, yeah, you're gonna get that stretch or whatever they try, but we need to finish that movement and then move our arm into a position of gravity assistance. Yes. To me, if you throw against gravity, and we see it a lot with long toss, which I am, another thing I get hammered for, I am not a proponent of long toss because it mimics nothing that's functional, right? Because most of the time, it's done, it's not done correctly. People are winding up, the arm is way behind, you know, and I did get in this, this, you know, back and forth on Twitter with a guy from Florida who literally told me he has been training athletes forever and never has he seen a person change their throwing mechanics when doing long toss. And I will say this, I've never seen someone who doesn't change their mechanics. I mean, even if I said nothing, even spine tilt, right? right. So he's saying there was no change. So, you know, and I don't want to say that I'm not a proponent of throwing the ball. I think you have to throw the ball. But these parabolas that they're throwing, that's not functional, right? I mean, isn't functional to, like, stay on a line and if it's a skip toss or we're slamming the ball into the ground? What is your – am I crazy? Like, what, what do you think? I've, I've done the long toss for many years. I think I do it a little bit differently. There should be no arc. Long toss, there we right? go. So you want to back up when you throw 120 feet, don't add arc. You want to throw 200 feet, no arc. If you can't do it, let it hop. Let it bounce. With there we it. Go. So I'm right. gonna, and I've always been okay with that, but because that's not all what they teach. That's not what they teach, no. And, and we also know that that doesn't translate. I remember, uh, I think it was it was uh, Jaeger who was talking about like three, this was years ago, mm -hmm. when first started, like, 300 feet equals 90 miles an hour, something along those lines. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, not sure. Not, not exact, but um, we know that that doesn't always translate. You know, you had guys like guys in baseball, like you know Dwight Evans, Corey Snyder, and uh, Raul Mondesi, who could throw the ball with a pro hop and, and jump. I'm all on, you know, Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, <laughs> you know, and, uh, Dave Jerry. Winfield, Dave Parker, yeah, yeah all these guys. And I, we don't see that now. We don't see throwers now. Not like no. not. To, we just named six, seven guys. There's not. Six yeah. or seven guys in the majors who can throw like that. From a right field corner and yeah. in the ballpark on a diamond. Yeah. So that didn't translate the picture. Right. So now that brings me to the next subject. Um, the Yankees called up their phenom center fielder, Jason Dominguez, uh, you know, a couple days before the, the, the September call-ups, I think. And, Mike, he's... He's out for 2024, and this is a surprise to you. Yes, not 2024. Not it's certainly not a surprise in the Yankee organization, which has the highest injury rate in all of baseball. Yeah, why is he out? Because he tore his UCL and he needs Tommy John surgery. And this certainly is not the first in the Yankee organization. Got to go through Aaron Hicks, but the only thing I can see of of an outfielder who may have to throw it to home plate. 
twice a month. Yeah. Right? In a game situation. The only thing I can think of is this unbelievable load of long toss and then the unbelievable load of plyo balls. Um, we had a mutual friend of ours who was sitting in Fenway Park the other day and doubleheader. Every guy from the Yankees who warmed up was throwing plyo balls up against the wall. Now, this is an organization that had an elbow fracture last year, has countless Tommy John, countless shoulder injuries. Michael, two questions. How are, is there a correlation between this load and position players, and why the hell are people throwing plyo balls? I think it's the, the concept. So I can follow this logic. Right, so all right. If I can, if I throw something heavy, right, then throwing, I'll be able to throw something light with that much greater force, right? And you know, I've been there. I've done like you know before knowing this stuff back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but I would um, our our old teammate, a friend of ours, uh, so uh, passionately known as Bezo, mm-hmm. was a cantaloupe bowler. Right, mm-hmm. cantaloupe bowling. Yes. For those who don't know, in New England, there was a type of bowling. Where it's like a bocce ball. It's like, like a bocce ball. ball. Yep. And I would warm up throwing those cantaloupe balls, and the first time I got the baseball, it literally felt like styrofoam, like styrofoam. You know, I like, couldn't even control it at first. So you see that, you know, wow, like I can. This feels like it's nothing. Right. Because, so I think that's probably where it's done. It's why it's done. Uh, the, the reason I'll tell you it's done is to strengthen the arm. So the arm's stronger, and if your arm is stronger, then you'll throw harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for those professionals listening, we we know that the arm, once we get past, you know, as it's working in a gravity assisted position, is working eccentrically. So, as we know, we've got concentric, which is you know, beach muscles. The muscle fibers are coming together. Isometric, they're staying here, but eccentric, they are lengthening. Kind of like I jump up for a rebound and I land. My muscles are eccentrically you know, both stabilizing and elongating. So that's what's happening when we, you know, at the shoulder. So it's the brakes. So the next one we had, well, everyone has a comeback to all this. So here was the next piece of information I got. If we strengthen the brakes, you will go faster. Or someone else said to me, um, you can only go as fast as your braking system. So, of course, then I said Odell Beckham Jr., you know, who has a non-contact ACL blowout in the Super Bowl because he couldn't stop. So his braking system went haywire. So, Mike, the strength, is that is that hold water? Does that theory hold, even hold water? I, I, when you told me that, I was really sort of confused, you know. And, and, and look, you know, I, look, I, I don't claim to, to be the, you know, the know all, but certain things that I one thing I have learned over the years is things have to make sense. Mm. They have to make sense. Every everything does have a, a, a solution, like a, a solution that you go, okay, well, yeah, that jives. You know, the mm-hmm. the, 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 the you can connect the two plus two has got to be four, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I immediately thought, and I know it's not the same, but I'm like, well, by that method, okay, that theory, I know it's a car is different than a human, but if the brake line goes in a car, then the car is automatically going to stop. Because it can't go fast, and the brakes will allow. But in a human, right? You know, uh, we obviously know that's not true because we see injuries happen all the time because the braking system breaks down because they were going too fast. 
for that. For that, right. for that movement. I mean, no one ever gets hurt jumping up. It's always, it's always, you know, right. landing. Right. So, you know, and then, you know, I come from a martial art background. And if I was to break this table or a block of bricks in a million years, I wouldn't start by waiting my hammer fist to do that. Right. right? I'd be working on my core and my legs. Because again, the kinesi not, not the Kevin McGovern and the Mike Ferry law, kinesiological laws were moving proximal to distal. And to get that force is that we are just turning our body to 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 slam to slam that home. And I, w- I would guess too, with that uh, in mind, if the distal is stronger than the proximal, that's you're gonna have a problem. Sure, and you're, you're going to throw a lot slower. You are right. I mean, Absolutely. That's yeah. You know, I always said this. You know, you know the, the ball. You know, a baseball is five ounces. Mm-hmm. It's not heavy, and you don't need a ton of like strength. If that were the case, Ronnie Coleman, right? <laughs> right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. you know, time Mr. Universe would have thrown the ball 200 miles an hour. And right, and that goes back to our next one, Mike, but about arm strength. There are people out there that say the end all be all is arm strength. Again, Ronnie Coleman, uh, Hulk Hogan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what you're then saying is their 24-inch pythons are impervious to throwing injuries, which is completely false. So lastly, Mike, how does, you know, we are bombarded. We've been sitting here, your computer's flickering, my phone is going off. How do parents... Clear out the noise and be like, okay, I can trust this guy to help my kid be a better pitcher. Like, what what are some things to look for, or if or what are some you know stop some immediately? I'm out. Like, what what thing? What words would you like? I'll, I'll say the first thing. Like, word salad to. Teach someone something first. You've got to understand it. Then you've got to be able to put it in the language of a fifth grader. Not that, not that I'm diminishing someone's intelligence, but to be able to explain it in clear, concise. So everybody, whether you're speaking English, Russian, Hebrew, can understand it. So my first thing is, if you see word salad, run, because word salad is just cut and paste. Meaning, it's mumbo jumbo that you're like, what is that? Yeah. Because I see that a lot. It's almost like they're trying to, you know, mess. You, you, you should be able to prove yourself by what you can do for the for the player. Mm-hmm. You should have they should have players that they can point to that they've helped succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever that goal is, you know, if it's you know if it's a player in general reaching college, you should be able to point to people that you've helped put there. If it's keeping somebody healthy throwing, you should be able to point to some clients that you've helped. You know, mm-hmm. either come back from injury or or remain healthy the career helping them increase you know, that's the big thing too i would say because it's hard you don't you're not going to know um and the word salad is designed to impress right so they're saying that just to, to make you go oh wow this guy really knows what he's oh, talking stuff. about right um but uh they may be able they may be able to ace an anatomy class it doesn't mean that they can teach healthy throwing it doesn't mean that they can teach it because the thing that we just last saying about the, the strength or strengthening the arm i know there's people out there going hey Dummies, we're not talking about building big biceps and triceps. We're talking about strengthening, you know, the smaller muscles, you know, and, and building the, the rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. 
super spinatus, game for spinatus, but you can't get as big as a guy like Ronnie Cole without strengthening those two. So uh, that it still doesn't fly. But yeah, it, it's it's hard. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it's hard to really decipher it. Just really do your research and 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 look at their body of work. I think would be the yeah. best. Would be the best. Yeah, maybe even interview. Uh, yeah, someone that they've coached. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, Mike, how does someone uh, get in touch with you? So you are currently um, we're, we're currently working on a project together. But Mike, I know is taking um, players from both teams, and what he's getting a lot of call for, which maybe the world is trending, is for development coaching. Um, so, Michael, Michael, tell us how someone can get in touch with you uh, for that. Best way if you want to reach out to me is uh, for my uh, my work email, which is uh, Mike Ferry at the farm, T H E F A R M, farm, B P I, B is a boy, B is a ball, I dot com. Um, there's also the farm, com is the website. If you want to check it out and see a little bit more of what we are currently. There's some pictures of our old facility on there. We are uh, moving facilities, but uh, you'll get the content nonetheless and learn a little bit about, you know, Facilities change, knowledge and development does not. That's correct. How about that? That's correct. All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on on this like impromptu podcast. Um, again, I am Dr. Kevin McGovern. You can reach me at perfectmotionsportstherapy.com. And hopefully by next Friday, my Velocity RX program, we will, will, which is a one-of-a-kind coaching program, which will keep a player has the ability, or depending on what program you get, to keep your, your pitcher, your son, healthy for their entire career uh, with arm care and video and one-on-one and -on -one coaching. So that's all I got. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next week.